0: On lesser known aspects of the Beatles' recorded legacy. Having embraced Indian spirituality and musicality, during 1966 and into 1967, George Harrison soon became known as the Enlightened Beetle. His exposure to the sitar during the filming of the Help movie whet his appetite for Eastern sounds, which resulted in Indian instruments and musicians featuring on tracks from Rubber Soul through to Revolver and Sgt. Pepper. He developed a close friendship with sitar icon Shankar, under whose tutelage Harrison's abilities with the instrument and Indian musical structures blossomed. George and Paddy traveled to India in September 1966, after the Beatles had ended touring and while John was away in Spain filming How I Won the War. They stayed for six weeks, George taking sitar lessons from Ravi Shankar. The physicality of playing the instrument led to pain in George's hips, so a yoga teacher was enlisted to show George how to sit properly while playing. Visiting temples, shopping, A trip to Kashmir and the Himalayas were all part of the experience. George said that he felt liberated from the Beatles, a brief respite from the eye of the hurricane.
1: I didn't have any interest in India or in Indian music or anything like that when we did help. Looking back up on it, the whole film was about Indian things and right, sitars right. were playing in it. But that was uh, wasn't me playing it. But uh, at the time we were making our film in the Bahamas, a little Indian fella called um, Swami Vishnu Devananda came along, uh, gave us a book on yoga which we all kept to this day. I don't know why, but we've all been... He was in Nassau, right? Yeah, that's right. right, And we didn't know who he was. He just looked like this little Indian fella, you know, but in actual fact, he's a swami. He's sort of, you know, he's a great fella. And uh, now we know more about it. You know, it's it's magic the way everything's happened and the way, you know, one thing led to another action, reaction, the sitar, the, the indie music was really just another stepping stone to get me onto something onto the spiritual side of it i'm not sitting around and really studying it but i've been while i was in india i just tried to find out as much about it as possible you know because in the west year stories you hear you know mysticism and all this and people levitating and people in the himalayas in caves you hear all sorts of funny things but by going there you know i just uh it just confirmed lots of things that i'd heard And I found out it was great, really, because their religion, it's, you know, it's a very strong thing there, because they've got nothing material or very little material wealth. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the people over the thousands of years have had to turn to themselves, you know, for some answer. And uh, so it's, they've got this great spiritual quality, which is lacking in the West over there, I found out there's lots of people. There's always been people, you know, like Jesus Christ. Every generation, you know, there's there's people who know it and who pass it on to their disciples, who pass it on and keep passing it on. And so in India, there's thousands of these people, you know, lots and lots of them. There's people who, they come to America as well, you know, there's just two spring to mind, Maharishi Maheshogi and another one called Baba. Now these are, you know, to the average western person they just look like a, you know a little indian fellow with long hair and a beard but in actual fact you know these people are so hip and so groovy you know that they they can do all that you know all those tricks that uh you know all those miracles and things if they want to you know but that's not the point you know the thing is that they've attained uh perfection and that they're going around trying to spread the word you know the same sort of thing as jesus christ Because it is, it's all the same scene, you know, there's only one religion really. You know, whether you're Christian or Hindu or Buddhist, whatever it is, they're all only branches off one big tree.
0: But George's fascination with all things Indian ran much deeper. He read widely and understood the spiritual aspects of the country, comparing the religions of Asia to his own Roman Catholicism and seamlessly joining the ideas of the world's major religions with ease. To assist him in gaining such insights, George began to practice transcendental meditation.
1: There's like a goal in life which is to uh, have complete, full knowledge, full bliss consciousness. Everything else is just mundane and secondary and so I wanted to know some method of uh, enlarging my own consciousness. And that's meditation, it's been there millions millions of years, it's always there. Uh, and a uh, knock and the door will be opened. The thing that really got me interested was after being brought up as uh, a Catholic until I was about 13, I, I couldn't take it any longer because it was just full of hypocrisy. And uh, the teachings of an Indian uh, called Vivekananda which really impressed me he said if there's a god we must see him if there's a soul we must perceive it otherwise it's better not to believe it's better to be an outspoken atheist and a hypocrite whereas the catholics were teaching me to be a hypocrite just be a hypocrite believe what we tell you don't try have any experience but the whole basis of religion is to have the experience have that perception so there's these methods for God perception, self-realization, which is yoga and meditation and the process you have to get from a spiritual master, somebody who is an authority on this sort of thing. So it, it helps, it's, it's a slow, also it also helps in as much as you can, any time of the day, any situation you're in, you can get control of yourself just by sitting quietly and by turning off from the external Uh, problems we have, noise and all this society that you can go inside yourself where it's always calm and peaceful. It's like being on this level of consciousness, it's like the ocean which is always changing and the bottom of the ocean is always calm and still. And if you're not anchored to the bottom of the ocean, you're at the mercy of whatever change goes on. Now this process of meditation or different types of yoga is all just a way to anchor yourself securely to that pure state of consciousness, to that state of being, so that you can still act out your life on the surface, but you remain anchored securely.
0: George began to fully embrace Indian philosophy and its associated practices as a way to counter the headiness of modern Western life, and especially the constant pressures of being a beetle. He also reached out to his band of brothers asking them to join him in his spiritual travels.
2: I was personally not in a good good place. I think, you know, just overdoing it in the 60s. So I was just not very sort of centered and I was looking for something. I think we all were.
3: No, my head was a bit in those sort of 66, no, 67. Uh, mainly 67 was a bit confused. <laughs> uh, a lot of things were going on and anyway, I mean, we mustn't forget that uh, George had meditated before us, but he was looking harder than uh, John Paul and I was. And he'd come through the music and, uh, you know, Ravi. And so, you know, and we, well, okay. It didn't matter who thought of it or who had the idea. We all just,
0: okay, let's try it. You know, so I want to thank George for that. At this time, several names emerged in the West as teachers of Indian religion, and what in particular caught George's attention, and through him, his three bandmates. It was
2: actually George Harrison's wife, Patty, who had heard that Maharishi was coming to town. And she said we should all go. So we heard that Maharishi was going to have a meeting and give a lecture. Um, so that was the first time I'd heard about meditation, but we'd actually seen him when we were kids growing up in Liverpool. Because, as you know, he went round the world seven times to spread his message. And he was on TV. And we remembered this giggly little guy. And we thought we loved him. We just said, he's so cool, you know. And he was just on TV and he was giving an interview. And he would giggle, that Mm -hmm. fabulous laugh of his. Mm -hmm. And he was very entertaining and very attractive. So we all said, that's that guy. But then I say, he was giving a lecture. I think it was in... Kensington, Chelsea or somewhere, but um, so that was the first time I heard about it and we all went along to listen. It was um, very interesting, it was very calming and it seemed like something that was worth trying. He put it very well. He made it seem simple, he made it seem very attractive and so I think we were all just sold. And I say his personality was a lot, of, a lot to do with mm-hmm. Maurice. You, know? um, <clears throat> you know, I think you'd seen other people who were maybe a little more serious, um, which wasn't a bad thing, but he, he put humor, but he had a very infectious sense of humor. Mm-hmm. So I think that was very attractive to us. Mm-hmm. It was a great message, it was something I think we felt we needed. But put over in this way is very attractive.
0: On the 24th of August 1967, John and Cynthia, Paul, Jane and Paul's brother Mike, joined George and Paddy at the Hilton Hotel in London to hear the Maharishi's lecture. Ringo and Maureen did not attend as Maureen had only just given birth to their second son Jason only four days earlier. Naturally, the British media were there to closely observe the Beatles and their wives and girlfriends in the front row of the hotel's ballroom, ready to share with the world what the Beatles were up to next. The Maharishi recalls the story behind what unfolded that evening.
4: Before I came to London last summer, summer of '67, I was told that for about eight months, the whole English press and English government, all the church people, they were all worried for what they called drug mania of the, of the youth. And many boys were sent to jails and very, all counselling by the church and all kinds of things. But they, nobody could stop them. And there was a great concern over this. I was to speak there in, and that lecture, Beatles came to hear. Then, when the lecture was over and the whole thing stopped. Some man came from behind the stage and said, Beatles were listening to you, they want to meet you. I said, tomorrow morning I am going to Wales. But they said, it's very important, they should talk to you. I said, when they can talk to me? Then he said, can't they come on this stage? I said "All right." Then draw the curtain. The curtain was drawn and I sat again on the stage. They came. I had been hearing some some word beetle from California and then the man who came before, he introduced, these are the beetles, one, two, three, like that, sat and talked to them for about 15 minutes and I said, you have created a a magic attraction in your name, so you should do something for the youngsters. They said, we want to do, tell us to do, what, and we'll do. Then I said, first you experience this meditation, and then try to become teachers. They said, we'll do everything we want to experience, tell us now. <laughs> I said, now it's twelve o'clock, you must be feeling sleep.
5: <laughs>
4: I'll be in Wales for three days and... but I said, you don't have to come there, there are about twenty teachers in London. Then they said, no, they want to learn from me, etc. Then come there. Then they followed me. There were some pressmen uh, listening to our talks, from uh, behind the curtain. And the news went around the press that the Beatles will be going marshy to, to Wales to start meditation. And it was a long journey, so uh, they took me by train. When I came to the platform, there were about 50 cameras from 50, uh, the, all the international press were there on the platform. And they said, where are the beetles? I said, I don't know. Last night they talked to me they would come with me. They may be in the train or where. Uh, and uh, as I proceeded to the compartment, all the, the, the press rushed on to the the back side. There the beetles were coming and all that. This was because the English press, being very intelligent, sharp, they, they took the, this opportunity of Beatles following me for a big publicity to change the psychology of the youth. The the, the reason for this worldwide publicity was uh, that uh, deplorable situation in England for the last eight months. And when English people gave it big headlines, front cover, then the world press followed. This is how it came about all this Beatles story in the worldwide. It was not the Beatles, but it was the situation in the country. Immediately, in two, three days, the Archbishop of Canterbury came out with a statement congratulating Beatles for starting Transcendental Meditation and all. There were big, huge writings just to change the psychology of the children.
0: After the lecture, and an obligatory press conference three-quarters of the fab four met the guru backstage where the invitation to attend the maharishi's week-long conference at the normal college in bangor in north wales was extended to the beatles well the meeting of maharishi is
3: what started and the other part of the story was john and george going to a seminar of his in the hilton in london and coming back and leaving me a message to say we met this man Didn't even say who it was, we bet this man, we're going to Wales, you got to come. So,
0: okay. The next day, the Beatles and their entourage gathered at London's Euston station, complete with adoring fans and press, despite the incredibly short notice of their trip. The Maharishi, holding his trademark flowers, was there to greet his followers, George complete with luggage and sitar. In the mayhem that surrounded the Beatles, Cynthia Lennon was mistakenly held back from the others by a policeman as they boarded the train. Peter Brown, one of the Beatles' personal assistants, tried to halt the train to allow Cynthia to board, but it was no use. The train pulled out without Cynthia, leaving her sobbing on the platform in front of the press, something that triggered a premonition that John would soon leave her life for good. Another of the Beatles' team, Neil Aspinall, would drive Cynthia to Wales to be with the others. The trip was not off to a good start.
2: Yes, so what happened then, we went to Bangor in Wales, and we attended a, a little seminar there. And um, as you know, there were always lots of flowers around Maharishi. So it was always a very, um, nature was very involved. You got the feeling, you know, you often used to carry the flowers. So it was this feeling of connection with nature, that was very grounding.
3: It was an absolute moment in Wales. And when I first met him, it was in a room, because it was in a, a university, so we're like in dorm, you know, in a dormitory we're all living. And uh, it was, it's one of those mind-altering moments of your life, because the man was so full of joy, you know, and happiness, and it just blew me away. You know, um, on my best day, I never felt like he looked. Uh, It was so far out. He was so, I just thought, I want some of that. You know what I mean? That was the the best thing that could happen.
0: A day into the meetings, the Beatles would hold a press conference to appease the waiting reporters, some of whom were a little sceptical of what was unfolding. Can you tell me, do you take it seriously, this cult?
1: Uh, I wouldn't call it a cult, and of course we take it seriously, we wouldn't be sitting here, would we? You know, it's, it's only you that isn't
2: taking it seriously. Everybody else here is here.
0: Of course, two days into the conference, on the 27th of August the Beatles received shocking news from London.
6: Well, I don't know what to say, you know, we've only just heard and it's hard to think of things right, to no. say. But he was just a beautiful fella, you know, Sorry. and it's terrible.
7: What are your plans now?
6: Well, we haven't made any. You know, I mean, it's only just, we've only just heard, haven't yes, we? Yes,
3: you know, it's much of a news to us as there is to everybody else.
7: John, where would you be today without Mr Epstein? I don't know. Are you, are you driving down to London tonight? Yes, somebody's taking us down, here. Yeah. You heard the news this afternoon, I believe? Yes. And Paul's already gone down? Yes. I see. What You've no idea what your plans are for tomorrow? No, no, we would just go and find out, you know. And just have to play everything by ear. Yes. I understand that Mr. Epstein was to be initiated here tomorrow. Yes.
5: Mm.
7: When, when was he coming up? Was he coming up in coming the afternoon? Tomorrow, just Monday, that's all we knew had you told him very much about the spiritual regeneration movement well as as much as we'd learned
1: about spiritualism and various things of that nature then we tried to pass on to him and he was equally as interested as we are as everybody should
7: be He, he wanted to know about life as much as we do had you spoken to him since your Uh, since since you became interested this weekend?
1: No. no. I spoke to him uh, Wednesday evening, the the evening before
7: we first uh, uh, saw Maharishi's lecture, and he was in great spirits. And when did he tell you that he'd like to be initiated?
1: Well, when we arrived here on Friday, we got a telephone call later
7: that day to say that Brian would follow us up and be here Monday. Do you intend uh, returning to Bangor before the end of this conference?
1: We probably won't have time now, because uh, Maharishi will only be here till about Thursday, and we'll have so much to do in London that we'll we'll have to meet him again
7: some other time. I understand that um, this afternoon uh, Maharishi uh, conferred with you all. Could I ask you what he what advice he offered you? He told us
6: that. Uh, not to get overwhelmed by grief and to whatever thoughts we have of Brian to keep them happy because any thoughts we have of, have of him will travel to him wherever he is.
7: Had he ever met uh, Mr. Epstein? No,
6: but he was looking forward to meeting him. And uh, Maharishi we went into, well, what? You know, he's dead and all that. And he was sort of saying, oh, forget it, you know, be happy. Fucking idiot. You know, like parents, you know, smile. That's what Maharishi said. So, And we did, and we were along, along with the Maharishi trip.
0: The Beatles immediately returned to London following the death of their manager, Brian Epstein, and threw themselves into recording and filming for Magical Mystery Tour. 1967 came and went. The new year, however, saw George fly to India to oversee recording sessions in Bombay for a new film. Wonderwall Music would become the very first solo Beatle album release. On the 15th of February 1968, George, Paddy, John and Cynthia flew to India to attend the Maharishi's Ashram retreat in Rishikesh for several weeks of meditation. They were joined by Paul, Jane, Ringo and Maureen on the 20th. It was hoped that some of the tensions that had crept into the group might be eased in such an environment. Only time would tell.
8: Far from the noise and pace of city life, in the cool, clear air of Rishikesh, North India, Pathy News reports from the meditation retreat of Maharishi Maharishi Yogi, the man who, through transcendental meditation, is currently bringing peace of mind to the Beatles. Flower-loving Yogi told reporters that his brand of peace of mind could only be truly appreciated by intelligent men of the world with rewarding activities and high incomes. Among his most valued disciples were the Beatles, top of the pop pupils. He did his best to keep them away from outsiders, but George had a way for us. Keeping company with himself, it could be part of the treatment, John stalked along the shady paths. Ringo enjoyed the peace of togetherness with Mrs. Ringo. It was a very peaceful scene so different from those not-so-far-off times when just a glimpse of the beetles was enough to ruin the meditation chances of anyone within earshot.
1: Rishikesh is an incredible place. Um, It's like 99% of the population of Rishikesh are all renunciates. And it's right in the foothills of the Himalayas, it's where the Ganges flows out of the Himalayas into the plains of Kurukshetra, it's called the plains between the Himalayas.
6: I mean, we were really away from everything. It was like a sort of recluse holiday camp, right at the foot of the Himalayas. It was like being up a mountain, but they call it the foothills, hanging over the Ganges.
3: We were meditating a lot, uh, having seminars by
8: Maharishi. It was pretty far out. Ah, those were the days. Now, two by two, the world-famous quartet strolled quietly in the lovely meditation preserve. Paul and Ringo shed the cares of their successful world. Close behind, George and John, complete with blanket for even more peace. That great screen star, Greater Garbo, used to crave solitude. In these days, it's even harder to come by. But the Beatles have found it.
9: The Saints go marching in. The Beatles, oh, and the Saints.
6: Hey, we don't exist. Whose idea was to go there? I don't know. Is I don't know. Probably George's. I have no idea. No, no. We met around then. But I was going to take her. I, I, I lost my nerve because I was going to take my wife and your and I didn't know how to work it. You know. So I. I <laughs> I didn't do it, I didn't
2: quite do it. And then eventually we went out to Rishikesh with him, which was more sustained. It was um, very straightforward, very simple. The whole place was very simple, there was nothing fancy about it. Um, You would just go for, wake up, you would then go for breakfast in the morning, a light breakfast. You just socialise a bit with the other members. And uh, just get to know each other. And then you would go back for your morning meditation. You go back to your room. We had little chalets, kind of thing. Each of us had little rooms, which were very simple but adequate. And you would just sit and you would meditate. And then there was lunch. And, you'd, and you'd, again, you'd socialize and chat and stuff. And then you'd meditate in the afternoons. Sometimes Marishi would have a meeting every so often with you. Um, and you could talk to him about your experiences and he would you know, just help, guide mm-hmm. you. And then in the evening, there was a kind of question and answer session, um, which was slightly more formal. That was in a hall. And we would all just be in there, all the uh, all the students, and Maharishi would come on and talk, and then he would take questions. He would, he would just listen uh, about people's experiences, and that was kind of that was the sort of thing that happened each day.
3: One of my favourite stories that we were all in India, and there was a lot of people there, and we were living at the ashram. You know, you had to fight the monkeys off for your breakfast, and. God forbid you wanted a bath, you'd have to get the scorpions out the way. Uh, there was all that side too, but uh, you know, it was, uh, this guy said, you know, cause Maharishi were talking, oh yes, on the Kundalini sharks. And the guy said, excuse me Maharishi, what are these Kundalini sharks? <laughs> and he said, "Oh no, sharks, <laughs> not sharks. <laughs> So there was,
2: there was a lot of It was very much like a kind of summer camp. You would get up in the morning, you would go down to a little communal breakfast. Food was veggie, which is kind of good for me now, but thinking back on it, it was, I was still meat eating then, so it was, it was all right. It was sort of courage and stuff you. Know. The food was, was impossible for me because you know
3: I am allergic to so many so many different things. So I took two suitcases with me. One of clothes and one of Heinz beans. There's a plug for you. And
6: we sat in the mountains eating lousy vegetarian food
4: and writing all those songs. And we wrote tons of songs. There you
0: Meditation was an integral part of life in the ashram. Being able to turn off your mind, relax and float downstream from the worries of everyday life and reach a point of absolute bliss with the aid of specially prepared mantras given to the Beatles by the Maharishi himself. George explains how it works.
1: Yeah, there's many different techniques, and the technique we did with uh, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi was uh, a form of silent meditation, which you know you can transcend. The the purpose is to transcend from this relative state of consciousness to an absolute state of consciousness. So the meditation we did with uh, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi was uh, to sit silently and to transcend through the sense of sound, like you can transcend with hearing or with touch or taste or vision, like I think some Buddhists meditate by concentrating on a, an object, like either a garden, Japanese gardens, or on candles looking at, into the flame. and. They transcend that way, but this method was to transcend through sound. So you're given a mantra. The mantra brings all your body to rest. It calms everything down and it it brings sort of harmony and uh, union just to all your senses. And this way, your thoughts become fine and fine and fine until you can arrive at a point which is transcendental, which means beyond. It's beyond the senses, beyond intellect. He gave me my mantra himself.
3: It was interesting when you learn because you think, "Oh, am I doing it right? Am I doing it right?" And of course, I'd go and ask him, uh, and the people around us at the time. Uh, and you just had to relax because this was a new way of being. So you had to learn to relax behind it. And he had a great line, Maharishi he said, "You know, if you're in the meditate, if you go to meditate, you sit there quietly and..." you will be energized, which you are, you're really energy. But he said, if you fall asleep, don't worry, you're just tired. <laughs> you know, it was all very simple. It wasn't like, oh, and then, you know, out, way out and beyond. It was like, you're tired. That's why you fell asleep. Go with it. Nothing to fight. You know. But
2: yeah, there were some very blissful moments. I remember one in particular when I'd been meditating for a little while, and I would got to a really good place and I remember the feeling was that I was a feather. I felt like I actually was a feather, floating over a hot air pipe. And I was just, it was a very nice feeling. And I remember that vividly. And I reported that to my and He giggled, yes, this is good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Paul and Ringo on the advantages and the challenges of meditation. Of course, a place of relaxation and reflection would be conducive to creativity. The Beatles, after all, were songwriters, and inspiration could arrive at any moment. Naturally, guitars had been packed as priority luggage and were put to good use in coming up with ideas for the next Beatles album.
2: We wrote quite a few between us. Yeah, we had uh, some good inspiration. Uh And, you know, in the times when we weren't meditating, we had our guitars with us, so we would... um, we took quite a little bit of writing, it was, it was inspirational.
6: In India I wrote the, the last batch of best songs, you know, where I could write a lot like I'm So Tired and "Year Blues, where they were pretty sort of realistic, you know, they were about me and it always struck me as, uh, fu- not what's the word, funny, ironic or something that I was writing in supposedly in, with the, in the presence of Guru and meditating so many hours a day, I was writing I'm So Tired. To
9: I'm so tired, I haven't slept a wink, I'm so tired, my mind is on the blink, I wonder should I get up and fix myself a drink, no, 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 I'm so tired. I call you, but I know what you would do. You'd say I'm putting you on, but it's no joke. It's doing me harm, you know I can't sleep. I cast up my brain, you know. For three weeks. I'm going insane. And I'd give you everything I've got for a little peace of mind. I'm so tired. Say although oh, I'm, I'm so, so tired I'll have another, tired. another cigarette and curse so all the rally He was such something. a stupid gate No 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 I'm so Should I get up And fix myself a drink You'd say I'm putting you on But it's no joke It's doing me harm You know I can't sleep I can't stop my brain You know it's three weeks I'm going insane And I'll give you everything I've got For little peace of mind
6: When I hold you your arms when you show each one of your charms I wonder should I get up and go to the funny farm no 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 you'd say I'm putting you on but it's no
9: joke it's doing me harm you know I can't sleep I can't stop my brain you know it's three weeks I'm going insane Give you everything I've got for a little peace of mind. Give you everything I've got for a little peace of mind. Give you everything I've got for a little peace of mind. Give you everything I've got for a little peace of mind. I'll give you everything I've got, Derek.
0: A home demo of I'm So Tired, written by John in India, recorded by the Beatles at George's home in Isha in May 1968, ready to be recorded for the White Album later that year.
2: I, wrote, I had a song called I Will. <laughs> Remember going down to a film show in the village? What was that? Did you write anything, George? Obviously did, not. Did you write anything
1: when you were the I one? wrote salmon C. Hello!
0: I
2: don't.
9: 1, 2, 3, 4 If your life's not right Doesn't satisfy you Don't get the brakes Like some of us do Work it out and find where you've gone wrong Better do it soon, you don't have long
1: I've never recorded to this day. I wrote one called Daradoon.
9: Why don't you play it for us? Ah, uh, I don't know if I know.
1: a lot of things uh, that was actually stuff that Maharishi had said, like that song. Come on, come on, you know, come on, it's such a joy. Whatever that song. Everybody got something to hide except for me and my monkey. <clears throat> well, apart from the bit about the monkey, that was just what Maharishi used to always say. You know. Yeah. Come on, come on, come on, it's
9: such a joy. Come on, it's such a joy. Come on, take it easy. Come on, take it easy. Take it easy, take it easy. Everybody's got something too high, except for me and my monkey. The deeper you go, the higher you fly, the higher you fly you go, so come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. Come on, it's such a joy. Come on, it's such a joy. Come on, make it easy. Come on, make it easy. Make it easy. Make it easy. Everybody's got something to hide. Except for me and my monkey. Come on, it's such a joy. Come on, make it easy. Come on, take it easy. Take it easy. Take it easy. Everybody's got something to hide, except for me and my mom.
0: Of course, the Beatles weren't the only guests at the Maharishi's ashram. Quite a few big names from the entertainment world were also present, adding their voices to the soundtrack of the experience.
2: I wrote a couple of little things. Donovan was there, that reminds me.
10: Happiness, happiness alone. <laughs> Happiness runs, happiness runs. Happiness runs, happiness runs. But happiness runs in a circular motion. Keep singing, happiness runs, runs. Happiness runs, happiness runs. But happiness runs, happiness runs. Now happiness runs, happiness runs. Wouldn't you know, happiness runs, happiness runs. Happiness runs, happiness runs, why oh? Because, why oh? Because, why oh, Because, happiness runs, happiness runs, happiness touted runs.
0: touted as a transatlantic runs, rival to the Beatles, runs, the Beach Boys' happens, Mike Love was another guest of the Maharishi. Just two days after George had turned 25 runs, on the 25th of February, Mike Love celebrated his 27th birthday on the 27th of February, a happy coincidence. To mark the occasion, several guests, including Paul, George and Donovan, put together a form of musical congratulation.
9: Your children, God, thank you for a
5: day, for a day, for a day, your spiritual regeneration on my
7: foundation. We'd like to thank you for a day, just for being our guide of For a day, for a day, for day, we'd like to thank you
5: for a day, just to see us through the night. For a day, for a day, for day, your spiritual regeneration on my foundation. i I'd like to thank you, day, children to the thank you I'd like to thank you, your children
9: could thank you For your Spiritual Regeneration Movement Foundation. Happy birthday, Michael.
5: love Michael. Happy birthday, I I Happy birthday, I Spiritual
0: regeneration. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, a hastily written number which included references to the founder of Transcendental Meditation and teacher of the Maharishi, Guru Dev, who of course also gets a mention in the chorus of Across the Universe. Perhaps the most famous inspiration for one of the Beatles' India-era songs was the sister of actress Mia Farrow, both of whom were also guests, in rishikesh
11: you you made a trip you and your sister prudence yeah went to uh india was india, it and what yeah. was the purpose of the trip
10: well you know it was uh, my my whole life had fallen apart you know i was 21 or something and i didn't know what to, i'd been on a television series i'd been married to this, Frank this Sinatra. was uh,
8: a patent place
10: Peyton place yeah. right and and i just thought i had burned all my bridges and in this whole country there i couldn't go and work in a library you know i, I was just miserable so and I, 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 I questioned my own religion, I'm Roman Catholic, couldn't find any, any solace there. So it was the 60s, you know, so I, I, my, my sister was a big meditator and is. And she said, you know, we'll go to India and, and, and we'll look for, you know, inner peace for you with, with Maharishi in, in the Himalayas. I thought, you know, sounds good. So we get to India and, um, you know, three weeks I, I'm trying really hard and, you know, inner peace just totally eluded me. I'm trying hard though, and who should arrive but the Beatles? Mm-hmm. All four of them. And next thing I know there are photographers in the trees, you know, again. <clears throat> and my sister's laughing at me saying, you know, that's your karma <laughs> you know <And> <laughs> <laughs> I give it another couple of weeks and this just started hitchhiking, you know, <laughs> left Prudy there. She was like the all-time meditator. She wouldn't come out of her room. The Beatles wrote a song um, for her. John Lennon wrote a song called Dear Prudence. No, is Don't it really? Come That's out about your play. sister?
12: Right, it's about Prudence because she wouldn't come out. Yeah. I was doing intense meditation and I had a lot of stress. So m- there was a period there where it was overwhelming for me. And John saw that. And I think that that inspired him. To write the song because he saw my my absolute commitment to what i was doing and my intensity to achieve whatever it took to make me whole again he wrote that with a kind of kindness like you feel for a child the sun is bright and the daisy chains and it's all very much like a child you know a child's world it's not complicated It's not being judged. It's just accepted and lived. The words come out to play are important, I think, because what does it mean to be more enlightened? It really does mean to be able to play. It had a taste of that sort of spirituality of of which the Course was about. The Course was about, you know, meditation and going deep inside. Donovan taught John how to do this special picking that actually comes from the gypsies and he learned it uh, in Europe when he traveled with the gypsies when he was very young and he showed it to John and the first time John ever uses it and that it really starts to be known is, is in the song Dear Prudence. I felt happy that the song that was written for me was the one that captured the most that spirit of that chorus which was, was so amazing
3: dear prudence certainly got written there uh, mia farrow's sister was well she sort of hibernated meditated and hibernated <laughs> we saw of i think twice in the two weeks i was there everyone would be banging on the door you're still alive okay.
0: The Isha home demo of Dear Prudence, written by John in India, using the new finger-picking guitar techniques taught to him by Donovan. As the retreat wore on, the Beatles began to see more of the extravagant lifestyle led by the Maharishi, which seemed to be in stark contrast to his teachings and the plight of the locals around them. Paul remembers one such example of this.
2: A helicopter came. It landed down by the Ganges. This was on the banks of the Ganges in Rishikesh. And it was like, one of, us, one of you can go up for a quick ride with Maharishi. Who's going to be? me And of it was John. John always would, uh, he was good at that, you know. So it got to be him anyway. And I was saying, why, later, I was saying, why were you so keen, like, to get up with Maharishi? He said, tell you the truth. He said, I thought he might slip me the answer. <laughs> it's very John. <laughs> that, and that tell thing me the old
13: master. You remember run. that thing you said the other night? He went up in the helicopter with him. He just thought he might slip you the answer.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I thought he might fly on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, John. By <laughs> the way, John. I've been, been meaning to tell, tell you.
13: I've you. been meaning to tell something. Uh, the word is <laughs>
0: <laughs> The Beatles discussing their trip to India while filming recording sessions for Let It Be in January 1969. Prudence Farrow's more famous sister would also be at the centre of an incident that would make the Beatles question their association with the Maharishi and would be immortalised by John in another of his India songs.
6: Now that, that's about Maharishi. You know. I, I copped out and wouldn't write Maharishi, what have you done? He made a fool of everyone. But now it can be told, <laughs> fab listeners.
8: When did you realize that he was making a fool
6: of you? Mm, I don't know, I just sort of saw him. You know, There was a big hullabaloo about him raping Mia Farrow and all, trying to get off with Mia Farrow and a few other women and things like that. And we went down to him. And we'd stayed up all night discussing, was it true or not true, you know. And when George started thinking it might be true, I thought, well, it must be true, because if George is doubting it, there must be something in it. So we went to see Maharish, the whole gang was the next day charged down to his hut, you know, his bungalow, his very rich-looking bungalow in the in the mountains. And uh, I, I was the spokesman, as usual, when the dirty work came, I actually had to be leader, whatever the scene was, when it came to the nitty-gritty, I had to do the speaking, and I said, uh, we're leaving. Why? <laughs> you know, all that shit. <laughs> and uh, I said, well, if you're so cosmic, you'll know why. You know, because he was always intimating, and there were all, all these his right-hand men intimating that he did miracles, you know. And I was saying, you know why. You know. He said, I don't know why, you must tell me. And I just kept saying. And he gave me a look like, you know, I'll kill you, bastard. He gave me such a look, and I knew then, when he looked at me, you know, because I'd call his bluff. And if, you, if you know, you know all, you know, cosmic conscious. That's what we're all here for. And I was a bit rough to him, you know. are
5: expecting too much,
6: from him I always do, you know. Mm-hmm. I always expect too much. I always expect in my mother and yes. don't get her. And that's what it is, you know. Or, or some parents. I know that much.
9: Sexy Sadie, what have you done? You made a fool of everyone. You made a fool of everyone, sexy Sadie. Oh, have you done sexy Sadie? You broke the rules, you laid it down for all to see. You laid it down. Long to turn on everyone Sexy Sadie She's the greatest of them all Sexy Sadie How did you, you know, know The world was waiting for just for you The world was waiting just for you No, sexy Sadie You'll get yours yet yeah. However big you think you are oh. However big you think you are Sexy Sadie Oh, you'll get, get yours yet you gave everything we own Just to sit at a table I will lighten everything Sexy Sadie She's the greatest of them all Sexy Sadie She's the greatest of them all
0: Just as they had arrived in Rishikesh apart, the Beatles also left apart.
1: I didn't come back um, with the others anyway. I don't recall. I think Ringo probably came back quickly. He just went for a couple of weeks just like, just to put his toe in the water and see what it was like maybe.
3: Anyway, I had great memories of it. I wasn't there long. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just had a kid, so we came back. Uh, two weeks I was there i'd like to deal
2: with as well uh I and paul just came and and went at the end of my month i was quite happy and i thought this will do me this is fine if i want to get into it heavy i can do it anywhere that's one of the nice things about it it's like you don't have to go to church to do it do it in your own room
14: bye bye Blackburn. well uh, you look very happy do you feel better after five weeks of meditation
13: yes yes i feel a lot better except for the flight you know that's quite long i'm a bit shattered but the meditation
14: is great What exactly have you been doing? How do you meditate?
13: You sit down, you relax, and then you repeat a sound to yourself. And it sounds daft, but it's just a system of relaxation. And that's all it is, you know, there's nothing more to it. So that we meditated for about five hours a day in all, you know, sort of two hours in the morning and maybe three hours in the evening. And then the rest of the time we slept, ate, sunbathed, and had fun, you know.
14: Uh, with the extreme poverty that exists in India. Presumably you saw some of this.
13: Yes, oh yeah. Uh, I don't equate it, you know, because it's nothing, to, it's nothing to do with it, you know. His idea is to stop the poverty at its root. See, if you just give handouts to people, uh, it'll stop the problem for a day or a week, you know. But in India, there's so many people. You'd, you'd really need all of America's money poured into India to solve it, you know. So the only answer is, and, and then, you know, they'd probably just go back the next year and just lie around, you know. So you've got to get at the cause of it and persuade all the Indians to start working and start, you know, start doing things. Because their religion is very uh, fatalistic. And it's, they just sort of sit down and think, well, you know, uh, God said, you know, this is it. So it's too bad, we can't do anything about it. And Maharishi's trying to persuade them that they can do something about it.
14: One Indian MP accused this uh, place of being an espionage centre. You, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, in a, fact, of being a,
13: spies, a spy for yes. the West. What, well, don't uh, tell anyone. It's true.
14: It is, We're it? spies, yeah. yes.
13: The four of us have been spies. Actually, I'm a reporter, and I joined the Beatles for that very reason.
14: Mm-hmm. But the uh, story's out next week in the <laughs> paper which will be nameless. Jane, did you go for a holiday, or did you go to meditate as well?
10: Oh, to meditate, yes. Yeah.
14: And uh, what effect has it had on you? This presumably is your first big meditation.
10: Hmm. It, uh, I think it calms you down. It's hard to tell because it was so different life out there. It'll be easier to tell now that I'm back and we're doing sort of ordinary things to see just what it does.
6: We were there four months or George and I were.
2: No, we lost 13
6: pounds and we looked a day older. Did you, uh, do you think this man's on the level? I don't know what yeah. level he's on, but uh, <laughs> he's on the we way. had a nice holiday in India and came back rested to play businessman.
11: Ladies and gentlemen, from the Beatles, John Lennon and Paul McCartney.
0: With their Indian sojourn now behind them, the Beatles set about creating their own company, Apple Corps. To promote the venture in the United States, John and Paul made a quick trip to New York City in May 1968, appearing on a range of network television shows, spruking their new idea. Inevitably, their highly publicized trip to India only months before was a popular topic of conversation with US TV hosts.
11: I have something in common with both of you. I met the guru, the Maharishi, and I noticed that he went out with an act, The Beach Boys, and it folded.
6: Right.
11: with the yogi yeah. as an act
6: well we uh, found out that we made a mistake there <laughs> we tried to persuade him against that you know to we, go out yeah
14: yeah, yeah. That was a terrible but we believe in
6: meditation but not the Maharishi on his scene but that's a, a personal mistake we made in public so just <laughs> saying that Which to these five million mistakes. and ten people when did you find out it was a mistake well uh, I can't remember the date you know but it was in India and meditation is good and does what they say. It's like exercise or cleaning your teeth. You know, it works. But uh, we have we we'll finished with that bit of it. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs>
5: Has
6: he changed? Is that why? Well, no. I think saying? it's just we're seeing him a bit more in perspective. You know, because we're as naive as the next person. So about we get a lot carried of away
13: with things like that. You know, I mean, we thought he was. Uh, mm. Magic, you know, he's floating around, and, I mean, flying. And, uh,
6: do, you yeah.
5: think,
11: do you think that the American, the kids in America have turned him off?
6: Well, it could be something to do with it, you know. But I wouldn't say don't meditate to them, because a lot of them would get a great deal from the it. The system's,
13: you know, the, the system's it's, more important. Mm. It's You're saying It's around
6: him, it
11: seems like the old establishment that we know so well. Are you saying meditate, but not with
13: the yogi? yeah i mean you know he's he's good there's nothing wrong with him you know but uh, we think the system is more important than all the the big personality bit you know because he's you know he gets sort of treated like a big star you know and he's on the road with the beach boys and it's all that thing and it's you know it's a bit strange and also it folds you know that's the silly thing
12: does he
11: giggle as much uh, yes natural as, uh, uh, as, uh, asset. Latin <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
6: right. Well, you see, it depends what way you're looking at it at the time. Mm-hmm. If, it, if it's not getting on your nerves, well, oh, what's
11: a happy fellow. So it depends well, how you feel um, when you look at I, I had him on the show, really, and he, and he just giggled and giggled the whole time. You know, and, uh, I figured there's something maybe my tie was losing or something. <laughs> you know, that kind of a feeling. Who was the, who was the first one that, that met the uh, yogi? Uh, we all
6: met him at the same time, you know. Can you tell us the circumstances? Well, he was just doing a lecture <laughs> at in Hilton. London at the Hilton, and, which is all right, white, I don't mind that bit. But, uh, so we all went and we thought, what a nice man, and we were looking for that. You know, everybody's looking for it, but we were looking for it that day as well. And then it, we met him and he was, he was good, you know, he's got, he's got a good thing in him,
11: and we went along with him. But now you just got off the train, huh? Right. Nice trip, thank you very
5: much.
0: (laughs) John and Paul on The Tonight Show with host Joe Garagiola, reflecting on their time with the Maharishi and making it clear that a guru wasn't necessary to enjoy the benefits of meditation. In the months following their trip, the Beatles would continue to look back on what they saw as a collective mistake.
2: But it's like we totally sort of
13: put our own personalities under for the sake of it. And you can really see,
2: you know, we weren't sort of really very truthful there, you know. I mean, we could have, I mean, for, you know, it's things like sneaking behind his back and sort of saying, it's a bit like school, isn't it? But you can see on the film that it is very like school and that really we should have sort of said, like, we need- want
13: to call, like, want to call need, it what we did on our holidays? Well, you know.
6: Sort
2: to get it over. But it is very like that. There's a long shot of you sort of walking with him and it's just not you, you know, it's just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
13: yeah. Sort of all tell me old master and I wouldn't mind having uh, Wouldn't mind having this. his
5: money. <laughs> 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 I wouldn't mind having two months out of every four
13: months in a place. Well, I don't like think that would have
6: made the year, I think, No, that's no. the thing as well.
13: You know, really, uh it's like That's the thing though, that, you know, I was watching
2: it, um, and it was saying, didn't you ever read really, sitting up on his roof and, didn't, and looking at that view, didn't you ever really sort of feel like going out in it? So, you know, no, we were out No, we were out it. It's that thing, you know, we probably should have sort of... To be ourselves. Yeah, a
13: lot more, yeah. That, that is the, the biggest... Uh, that's the life the joke. The biggest joke, to be yourselves. That was the purpose of going
1: there to try and find yourself. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Well, we mm-hmm. found that. And if you were really yourself, you wouldn't be any of who we are now.
5: <laughs>
0: Unlike many who abandoned the ways of the East as soon as the next shiny object or transient idea appeared, George Harrison stayed absolutely true to his beliefs and practices for the rest of his life. They underpinned his attitudes, his acceptance of others, his actions in everyday life, as well as the lyrics he wrote and the music he shared with the world. George Harrison stayed the course when much around him shifted, earning him not only the admiration of his former bandmates, but of millions of fans.
12: Marisi set it up so that the people who lived in close proximity to each other, three or four of them, would look after each other. And in my case, I was divided into a group of three. We were called course buddies, and my course buddies were John and George. After a lecture in the beginning of the course, we would go back to our rooms and discuss together what was covered in the lecture. What I found when we would have our talks is that John was more of an observer of what George and I would heatedly and passionately discuss. John kept saying, I'm here because of George. He really admired George. I think he found in George a noble hero. He found somebody who could believe in something as intangible as the human spirit. George believed in that with such passion. You know, I heard him say several times he wanted to dedicate his life to awakening the world to the deeper values, the more universal values that we share as human beings.
1: People always say, I'm the beetle who changed the most, but really that's what I see life is about. The point is, unless you're God-conscious, then you have to change because because it's a waste of time. Everybody is so limited and so really useless when you think of, about the limitations on yourself and the whole thing is to change try and make everything better and better and that's what the physical world is about is change but the change that happens through uh, meditation I mean it's a a gradual sort of thing but the more you realize with anything with just growing older the more you realize it helps you in some way with meditation you're able to understand that there is this unity lying beneath everything. There's something there within every atom that holds it all together and that in actual fact it really is one. But on an intellectual level to say it is we are one then I mean again you miss the point it's an experience you have to really have that perception that it's one. Maharishi said for a forest to be green each tree must be green. So if you stand back and criticize the rest of the people it's again, Christ said, put your own house in order. Automatically, if I'm to criticize somebody else, I suddenly come back to myself and realize, until I'm straight, then I'm in no position to be able to criticize others. On the
9: road to Rishikesh I was dreaming more of The dream I had was true Yes, the dream I had was true I'm just a child of nature I don't need much to set me free I'm just a child of nature I'm one of nature's children Sunlight shining in in my eyes As I face the desert skies And my thoughts return to home Yes, my thoughts return to home just a child of nature I don't need much to set me free I'm just a child of nature I'm one of nature's children Underneath the mountain ranges where the wind that never changes. Touch the windows of my soul. Touch the windows of my soul. I'm just a child of nature. I don't need much set me free I'm just a child of nature I'm one of nature's children
0: Well, that's it for this episode. Next time, the Beatles get down to work on their mammoth ninth studio album. Until next time...